Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Brown Woman Health podcast. Um, my name is Tanushri, and I'm one of the anchors of this podcast and the podcast research director. I go to UC Santa Cruz, and I am an undergraduate student studying cell biology. So in today's episode, we have Dr. Baidani with us, who will be talking about breast cancer. Sure thing. Thank you for this opportunity to raise awareness about breast cancer in the South Asian community. Really, really appreciate it. So breast cancer is very common. Um, It is one in eight women in their lifetime will be diagnosed with breast cancer. That is a significant statistic. Um, If there's anything you walk away from today, that's that number. It's one in eight on how common it is. On average, every two minutes, someone is diagnosed with breast cancer in the United States. It's crazy. So just raising awareness about it is so, so critical for this reason. Mm -hmm. That's insane. And I think, um, especially within the South Asian community, there are a lot of cases of breast cancer, but sometimes people don't really openly talk about it. So I think this episode is really important. Um, And the first question that I know I have for you is, how can you be more proactive about getting screened for breast cancer? And yeah. So um, one of the biggest things you want to do is know your family history. It's a hard conversation at times. It's a not an easy one, but you should talk to your family members. Talk to your family members, talk to your extended family members, and just have conversations about who has what medical conditions, not just about breast cancer, right? This is across other conditions that a lot of South Asians are predisposed to. Diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure. So having these conversations is the first step. The next step is going to your annual visit. This is a visit that needs to happen every year. It's a preventative visit. You need to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you need to be proactive. I think giving individuals empowerment for their health just makes you a more, a more, just makes you more likely to know what's going on with your health. And that's so, so important. And the third thing is breast self-awareness. A lot of OBGYNs now promote this. What That's what this basically means is, you know, what your normal breasts look like, what they normally feel like. And if there's any changes, so pain, redness, nipple discharge, scaliness, anything that happens, you go and talk to your provider. There's not a lag in this. You know what your normal is. And there's a difference from this. You go have a conversation. So those are the three things I would say. Family history, breast self-awareness, and annual visits need to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I think that's really, um, that's really interesting. Cause like, I feel like, especially in like, um, South Asian communities and stuff, I feel like that whole topic of like breast cancer is definitely, unfortunately, sadly, not really talked about at all. And like, I just think it's so important to, you know, kind of like do that, like that self-screening, you know, like in the shower or like whenever, like you get a free chance, like if you look at yourself and see, like, I feel like you taking like two minutes out of your day just to like, check for lumps can save you like a, you know, a super long, like painful process. So I just feel like it's really, I'm, I'm glad that that is being promoted more often because I think that is really, really important like thing to like promote, you know? I know a lot of the times people talk about getting breast cancer at like later. Um, so not necessarily in your twenties, but you know, is that something you think should start early? I know, for example, perhaps maybe you should be getting that at age 21 plus. Is that the same for breast cancer, like screening? Yeah. So breast cancer screening um, starts with your annuals at a very, like a very, very early age. 
So your breast clinical exam, which is an exam that's done by the physician or provider, starts at the age of 20. From 20 to 39, it should happen every one to three years. After age 40 and at the age of 40, it happens every year. And your mammograms start at the age of uh, 40 as well. Now, depending on family risk factors and other components, mammograms um, or other screenings might start sooner for you, but it starts at 20. Um, and this is why that annual visit is so, so important. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know we were on the topic of breast cancer in South Asian women, but um, what do you think are some like common risk factors that make South Asian women more, um, I'd say, I guess, more prone to breast cancer? Because I know that's like a like rising topic as well. Yeah. So I think generally risk factors for breast cancer are going to be just being a woman. That increases your risk right there. And as we get older, that risk goes higher. So 66% are diagnosed after the age of 55. Family history, having menstrual cycles that start before the age of 12, having a late menopause. So that's after the age of 55, not breastfeeding, um, having your first child after the age of 30 and having dense breast tissue. These are risk factors that just increase your risk for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, now you mentioned South Asians. I think we need a lot more research to really pinpoint what it is specifically for South Asians, but this, mm-hmm. these are just in general across the board. Um, but there's risk factors that are also modifiable, right? So mm-hmm. things that we do have control over. So having a sedentary lifestyle, poor diet, being overweight, mm-hmm. obese, drinking a lot of alcohol, smoking, right? All of these things mm-hmm. kind of increase your risk for other things as well but also increase your risk for breast cancer. So being more active, losing weight, um, eating healthy, not drinking alcohol as much, those will decrease your risk for breast cancer. And that's something we have control over. Mm -hmm. What are the types of breast cancer um, that exist and which ones are tend to be more common within South Asian women? I think that, again, um, we need a little bit more research to give those specific, um, more information on those things. Um, But from one of the studies I found online, um, it looks like the breast cancer in South Asians tends to be a higher grade estrogen receptor negative, progesterone receptor negative, triple negative, um, and those are more common in the South Asian community now can't give you that. I think that's a loaded question. Um, I think there's a lot of different factors that go into that family history, other factors to really answer that question in fullness, um, honestly speaking. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, there's, I think like what you mentioned about like doing more research, I think that's one thing that like, I'm glad it's gaining more traction because I feel like there's so many like different factors as to why like a specific population might be more affected or if it's more of like a overall kind of thing, you know? So I think that is really um, interesting as well. And so um, moving on to like another topic, um, do, do you see, are there any like common taboos that you see surrounding breast cancer, especially in a South Asian community? I know that's, you know, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I know how, um, that can be and how difficult it might be. Yeah. I think the fear of the unknown just is common across cultures, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You don't know something, there's a fear that comes from it. And then just the word cancer is scary on its own. Um, And I don't think South Asian community is any different in that respect. 
I think the biggest takeaway, in my opinion, is education and just being aware. I think the more we talk about things, we normalize things, we make it less scary. We have these conversations and people are more comfortable with the idea. Um, there is this idea that, you know, if you go to the hospital, I've had my own relatives say this to me personally, right? They're like, oh, if you go to the hospital, you're never going to get out of the hospital. They're going to find one thing wrong or another right. thing wrong. And it's just a cultural thing, right? Mm -hmm. But that's when you stop and you try to have a conversation and say, well, okay, maybe, sure. But what if we go to the doctor for prevention? What if we go to the doctor, not just for when a problem comes up, but when things are good, we're just going annually for our visits, right? That's when right. we pick up things and prevent things. So I think that needs to happen across the culture um, with South Asian men and women. Mm -hmm. And I think as hopefully, I think we're getting there. Um, I think just preventative visits, making that a normal aspect of mm -hmm. our culture, I think that will help. Um, it's also, there was a study I found um, online and I'll kind of just read it, uh, read a couple of things from it because I thought it was interesting. One of the big taboos in the South Asian community, why people don't go, is the lack of family support. And I thought that was such a, like, it's just kind of ironic to some extent, because mm -hmm. South Asians are known to really be close to their family, right? right so right. why is something like this not getting support? And again, it's the idea of the fear of the unknown, um, something that's a little bit more sensitive topic, right? Breast right. Not a topic you just announce to the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, gather, sure. But normalizing those conversations. Um, another one was um, this idea that you have cancer because you're being punished for your deeds. Um, mm -hmm. And that's across cultures again, right? Again, right. normalizing conversations and really focusing on how cancer happens and what that preventative aspect is. So I think I gave you a roundabout answer here with a lot of it, but um, I think fear of the unknown is probably the biggest one that I've experienced. No, I think, I think it's a great answer. I think I, I really like how you touched on education because I feel like that it definitely like is something that is very, very important because I know education, especially when it comes to things that are related to like, you know, sex or things that are related to more, you know, like taboo things or stuff that are more private. I feel like that education is not really prevalent and might not be as prevalent in like, you know, South Asian communities or even like Asian communities in general. I mean, you know, I can't speak for all of them, but I do know that that whole topic being like taboo, I think that really does, you know, it kind of does, it sucks because, you know, like breast cancer, you know, as you said, like one in eight women, that's really, really common. Like when you said that statistic, I was like, that is, that's like, you know, like if you have a room of eight people, one of them like, you know, has it. And I just think that really like puts it into perspective how like common it can be because I feel like you always hear like oh breast cancer like it's so like common and stuff but like I think really hearing that statistic of like one in eight I think that like definitely puts it into perspective so I think having that like proper education stuff I think that aspect is really really like really really important because I feel like lack of education is what leads to a lot of these things like not being talked about or like like you said like not going to the doctor like I know like my parents sometimes when like you know like like a, a a yearly checkup they're like oh I'm fine I don't need to go and it's like the whole point is like to prevent it you know it's like 
sometimes outwardly you might not be showing anything but inwardly like things can be happening you know exactly and on that same note right like um a lot of my south asian patients or patients in general will say oh i had a mammogram and it's good right like i had mm-hmm. one at 40 it's good so i'm good for the next couple of years yeah. no 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 every year right and i think that is it's hard to get i i guess i wrap your head around the idea that if something is normal why are you repeating it right mm-hmm. and really truly that education piece that preventative piece um, that mammograms need to happen every year. I've had, unfortunately, friends um, who skipped, right, a mammogram mm-hmm. uh, and it ended up showing something on the follow-up mammogram or right. instead of a 12-month period, they did it in 15 months or 18 months and something came up. So mm-hmm. really understanding it has to be a year. And I think the more we talk about it, amongst our friends, right? The more it just makes it something that we become more routine about, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, you know, on that topic, um, do you think that uh, people like tend to get less mammograms? Like, how do you think we should like encourage more people to, because I, you know, I'm I'm young, you know, and I don't really have many friends that like, you know, they're not, I barely have hit 20. So like, I feel like this is very new territory for everyone, but I, you know, like, is there anything like you would say that would like encourage more women? Because I feel like, you know, like my mom obviously doesn't talk about it, you know, so like people don't talk about it, like that I know, like my older, like, like my friend's moms don't talk about it. So, yeah, um, I would say it needs to happen every year and mm-hmm. it picks up something that is non-palpable from one millimeter to one centimeter. And it's that's three years before you're going to feel it on exam. So that's crazy. Like that enough right there is like, to me, that's mind blowing is if you have something that's going to pick something up at an earlier time, almost three years before, why are we going to wait? Why are we going to wait to feel on exam? Um, there is a picture I'll share with you guys, which you guys can share with the audience. Um, Mm -hmm. it goes through like how, what, you know, when something is as the size of a dime, um, you know, it, when does it get detected? Um, when you are just doing a palpable exam on your own, you're going to pick something up that's the size of a quarter. And then on accident, you're going to pick something up on exam, just like accidentally, that's a half a dollar coin. So mm-hmm. just that versus something that's a one centimeter on mammogram. I think that's significant itself. Right. Yeah, definitely. I had a follow-up question to something you mentioned earlier about family yeah. support. So yeah. I know um, something, so so my mom actually had breast cancer and she was in this South Asian support group and there was someone else who had this case of, um, it was her second time getting breast cancer and it was really distressing for her because it, the first time she didn't get a mastectomy or any reconstruction done because she was afraid her husband would leave her. And the second time around when she got it again, that's when um, she was talking to my mom about this. And that was so shocking to hear because, you know, you think things are changing, except you hear things like that still happening, you know, in the States. Um, So for those who don't have that family support, how do you empower your patients? You bring up a very good point. Um, The biggest thing is support groups. There are tons of support groups um, across the nation that are so, so helpful. And, you know, it's not just mastectomy and that leading to one thing, um, but chemo, radiation, 
Um, there's so many side effects that come from a lot of the medications that are taken, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's important to have a group of people you can talk to and that are in that similar position with you. But I think that needs to happen when that person is ready to do that. You can't force someone to do that. Um, it's their own journey. And I think as a physician, you just have to be there and you know provide what support they need at that time and just give them the resources. Yeah, no, thank you for that. And I, I, I when, when my mom had treatment as well, I think it's so taxing to go through things like chemotherapy and you don't realize it until you see it happen. And I think, yeah, that, that's so, yeah, that, that's a really important, I think, answer too as well. Um, so thank you. Yeah, a lot of people will ask, what can you do, right? Um, yeah. Have someone going through chemo, radiation, mm -hmm. um, been diagnosed with something that's terminal. Like, what do you do as a family? How do you, what do you do in this position? And honestly, that's going to differ person to person. But the best thing you can do is just listen. Um, and listen and try to just um, be supportive. And um, I think if you do that, the person is more likely to just tell you what they need. And right. I think that's the most important thing. And it's, you have to be patient. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It could take months, right? And just, um, I think it makes a huge difference for that person. And they might not say it, but they appreciate the support that they have. Yeah, I think especially, you know, I, like you said, like, I really do find it ironic that like, in a community where like family is like everything, you know, like we've been taught since such a young age that, you know, you got to watch everyone's back, like, you know, got to intermingle with all your family and you have to be great. I just think it's a little bit sad sometimes that like, you know, like Amiko was saying that like, she was worried that like her husband like would leave her, you know, if she were to get like a mastectomy. And I just think that that's, that's just really interesting to me. Cause I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I find it really ironic. Cause like, you know, that is the whole, like, you know, family's everything. And so for people to kind of have like that doubt that like, Hey, my family might leave me in case like I change this one thing that like, I find like feminine about myself. I just think that's really interesting. And I think, you know, like you said, like the unknown, like how, you know, that is like an unknown, like say like I were to get like breast cancer, right. And like, I'd have to get a mastectomy. Like that's an unknown. Like, is my family like going to support that? Not going to support that. That's also like um, an unknown question. So I think maybe that's why people like could also be scared because you know like scared to hear like the truth they're like scared to hear that like oh man like now this is something that like I have to deal with you know like something that I have to like approach like head on or like try to figure out how to you know like deal with that and like it's very taxing you know it can be very taxing and you know a lot of women or you know they can feel like they're um they're losing a part of their identity I feel like which is why I think mastectomies are like a really interesting topic like on their own because you know like you said like you know a lot of people like you know like breasts are seen as like a very feminine thing so for that to be the main aspect that is affected I think that can be very conflicting for um, a lot of people. I think we as a generation like I think we not as a generation but more of as a culture are making strides with this right um, we are empowering each other and right. um, I think that will hopefully help change these conversations. Um, when you're empowered individually and you're empowering the people around you, I think it automatically precipitates into positive things. 
So mm-hmm. I, think we're, I think we're getting there. Um, and we just have to keep working towards it. Yeah, no, definitely. 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 Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on too, because this is such a scary topic. It's, mm-hmm. it's a sad topic, but I think, you know, hearing that, you know, from you who's worked with countless patients, um, part of the South Asian community, I think that's a big deal to hear because a lot of times, especially on this page, when we have guests who are patients, who are providers, we hear all of these taboos taking a huge toll on patients. And I know I've seen that in my own community circles as well. And yeah, I think hearing that is a big deal. I think we each do our part, right? Um, I think if we each do our part and we empower each other, we do so much more with it. And it, it will change the cycle. I think it, I'm, I'm optimistic <laughs> with it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being on our episode, Dr. Baidani. I, we, we loved having you. I think this is a conversation that like definitely needs to happen. And I'm glad that you, you know, as like a doctor have been seeing like that kind of like mind mindset shift. I think that is really important because, you know, it all, you know, like it all just starts with the mindset. And, you know, once you kind of get traction, once you kind of start getting the ball rolling, I feel like more people, you know, are more comfortable to like, you know, get a screening or like, you know, have these like tough conversations with your family because, you know, like it is a tough conversation. So it's happening. Um, yeah. Being younger South Asian um, adolescents come in, right. Their moms are bringing them in. And I think it's amazing. Like, talking about, uh, you know, meeting your gynecologist, having a conversation. So these it's happening and we might not see it on a big scale yet, but mm-hmm. the tides are turning, right? Like I think, um, people are really taking this on a, on a very proactive role. Um, and right. we need to do that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for yeah. having me. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being here. And, um, you know, for anyone listening, if you want to join the Brown Women Health community, you can follow us on our Instagram and our Twitter. Our Instagram handle is at Brown Women Health and our Twitter handle is at Brown Women Health as well, except there is no vowels in the word health. But um, we really hope that, uh, you know, you join, you'll join us if you want to keep up with our content. And we really hope that um, everyone who's listening enjoyed this episode. And yeah, that's about it.